welcome to Top Stories of the Week, presented by Girl on the Gov, the podcast. This exclusive bonus episode drops on Tuesdays and gives you the 411 on the need to know political news and tea. So, as always, we'll keep you updated. Hey, welcome back to Top Stories of the Week. Happy Tuesday. Happy Wisconsin Election Day. Ooh. So excited to see what happens here. So scared, so stressed, but excited nonetheless. Hopeful for all the amazing Wisconsin men, at least, that I met mm, via Hinge. Mm-hmm. If I were to you know, predict election results based on my Hinge experience, it's a shoo-in. Um, Amen to that, but literally. You just never know these days. So it's yeah, because just because someone says something doesn't mean that they like do what they say. Mm, and I feel like that's a classic. Nailed nailed that one on the head. I mean, that one just almost took me out. But no, seriously, guys, for Wisconsin listeners, you guys have really like nice men. Like they're, Mm -hmm. I don't know if we're just used to like the trish of the trash, the trash of the trish, but like they're, they're nice. Well, I think just really like the big coastal city cities we're used to the dating pools. It is a lot of, Mm. a lot of fuck boys. And oh God, I'm yeah. sure a nice Midwestern man, just, it would be shocking for us to really engage with. Just, I'm sure the the manners are there, the respect. Our bar is so low. And I it's, just feel like yeah. men elsewhere are probably just like normal human beings that like treat other human beings like normally. Maybe? But in some of these big cities, man, shit gets crazy. Men just have the, the audacity, you know? Yeah. Go read, though, the article on NPR about the Hinge dating organizing we've been honestly raving about for the past two weeks now since we <laughs> joined forces with NextGen to, again, organize on dating apps for the Wisconsin Supreme Court race. We are featured in the NPR article. We'll link it in the episode description, but also like Christy's whole breakdown of her experience because she's really been like stayed on Hinge out there and like been literally building relationships with men (laughs) in Wisconsin and hearing kind of her anecdotes about just her experiences and these men that she's talked to. And also like some of them even spoke in the article as well. So Mm -hmm. just go go listen. Literally go read. (laughs) But like the part though, that also describes Christy as an avid hinge user or no avid (laughs) hinge dater. I was losing it. I was like, I mean, maybe not untrue, but just like such a funny, like descriptor. I, the whole article. If anyone ever called me that, I would be. I'd be like, yeah, facts. I would be like facts. And I'm like, you didn't have to call me out like that. (laughs) 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 You just didn't. So yeah. I'm dead. But no, guys, the whole interview was also just really fun to do and super honored to be, of course, included. We also chatted with the reporter as well about just tactics around Gen Z in general and getting out the vote and how it needs to be more creative. I know Maddie had a great quote about guerrilla marketing and its connection here. So lots to be, lots to be, what is the phrase that I'm looking for? Lots to unpack. from this article it's a good one so go look or oh my god I keep saying go listen I'm clearly a podcaster go read the article but I also believe it is it will be out in audio form as well I think it will as well I haven't checked yet because 
it's been a day of days already. So I read the mm. article, didn't get to the second portion yeah. of that might be a tomorrow intro thing. We'll keep everyone posted on the audio, audio yeah. version. But quick little, oh yes, please. One other thing though, is this has been something that's been rocking and rolling in the brain all weekend. And then especially today, like with this article coming out, is just thinking about like where else this type of activation can be, whether it's in Kentucky with the races that are going on this year, whether it's in Mississippi, like where else should this type of get out the vote activity be happening let us know slide to our dms yeah totally and just civic activation in general i think there's honestly like all year round every year there's room to kind of engage people on in innovative ways and that being a dating app and even if it's there's not an election around the corner and you're on a dating app it honestly is a great question to ask especially vetting for yourself personally being right. like are you registered to vote but then you're also kind of like doing a little service for democracy when you do that too. So mm-hmm. thinking about ways you can continue to implement, you know, engaging others towards civic action in your life, I think is a great thing to implement. And I think the dating app organizing is a lesson in that. But and it was so and- fun. Just like personally, as oh, someone so who fun. loves to flirt, like that's might be my favorite activity. And I, I love was, like, giving people voting information. Like yeah. I love being that friend. And so combining the two was was amazing. So highly suggest follow NextGen on social media and keep in touch with everything that they do because there's always dating app organizing with them that you can participate in if you want to get involved. But quick little election watch update. We have a new contender in the Republican presidential primary. Asa? Asa. Asa. I was like, Asa? Just never. Nobody... Nobody name anyone that ever. Asa Hutchinson. Um, I hold on. I need to just breathe through this for a second. Asa <laughs> Hutchinson, who recently completed two terms as Arkansas governor, said Sunday he will seek the Republican presidential nomination, positioning himself as an alternative to Donald Trump just days after the former president was indicted by a grand jury in New York. We'll talk about that in a second. Hutchinson said Trump should drop out of the race, arguing, quote, the office is more important than any individual person. I think my reaction to this, I'm sure, along with a lot of, of, of others, was, who is this man? Um, <laughs> so here, here it is. Nothing really yeah. else to dissect from this, except for if this primary is going to look anything like 2016s, then it's going to be interesting. Cause if anyone remembers that president Republican primary, the debate stages, I mean, similar to the democratic one in 2020, but I think the 2016 re- Republican primary was one of the biggest debate stages just full of madness and that's when trump i believe told somebody that their dick was small who was it oh oh i don't remember but i'm oh i thought he was just making fun of his wife no there was a moment when dick sizes were talked about on the debate stage Uh uh-huh i'll have to wow you know see where those can resurface but interesting there was that conversation so again i don't know this man very well he doesn't seem like one to 
I guess, stoop that low. But again, it's just another contribution to a potential, another large, I just, I always picture it as a debate stage, the primaries, presidential primaries on both sides, both parties, like who's going to be on those stages. And we have an addition here. I mean, if he makes it on the stages, you also have to, right. You have to qualify to even be on the debate stage, but yeah, there's an update. I think this is called a name recognition issue. And the only way that he forms a path for himself is if he is attack dog on Trump. Like his entire thing is so aggressive and paints like this incredible picture of I am the opposite of Trump, but in a like I said, in a really aggressive manner that but and DeSantis, I think. Like I think he should honestly attack both because I still believe that there is a large chunk of people who are traditional Republicans who aren't for the bigotry, are for that like classic like socially liberal, fiscally conservative, like Republican mindset that I think a candidate needs, especially if he's the earliest, one of the earliest ones who aren't in this whole Trump base world, like separate yourself, like be that candidate and yeah. be kind Except of a I'm pretty sure one. He's socially conservative too. So he's not even yeah. like, you know, there, well, there's definitely differences between the way in which he handles himself and his business in contrast to DeSantis and Trump from an actual politics and policy perspective, he's not that different, which I think makes this whole argument of him building any steam pretty impossible. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to be different from those two if you want to be a real contender, I think, because DeSantis is basically Trump and Trump is basically DeSantis. They're just now pitted against each other and have kind of just different like personalities honestly that's the real difference that i see so who's going to step in and be the candidate that brings normalcy back to the republican party who knows moving on to our top stories of the week joe cella have you seen i i have not seen this but when i saw this pop in here i did i did chuckle chuckle well i'll have you click into there post about it i I linked it at the bottom but first just like some there's a couple biden updates one is this joe joe chella vibe president joe biden came to suburban minneapolis on monday to tour a clean energy technology manufacturer as part of his effort to highlight his investment agenda before an unexpected re-election campaign biden plans to highlight job growth and investments nationwide while pushing clean energy and manufacturing in the u.s during his visit to engine maker Cummins Incorporated, the company intends to announce in conjunction with the Democratic president's visit that it's investing more than $1 billion in its U.S. engine manufacturing network in Indiana, North Carolina, and New York to update facilities so they can produce low to zero carbon engines. Other members of Biden administration are traveling to more than 20 states this week to buttress his message. (laughs) There's so much butt talk on this episode. So much butt talk. Wow. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, for example, is visiting Connecticut on Monday for a fireside chat at Yale University on the economic agenda. First Lady Jill Biden this week is scheduled to visit Colorado, Maine, and Vermont to discuss education spending. After speaking in Colorado on Monday, the First Lady was also supposed to fly to Michigan, but was unable to because of an aircraft issue. Now, the reason we're calling this Joe Chella is because of the Instagram post that was mm. created to promote this tour 
it's technically a tour because a bunch of people in the administration from again, Jill Biden to people to judge are going to visit various places to talk about the Biden agenda. The Instagram post that was made, we'll link in this episode description. Everyone listening should go open it right now and just take a peek if you haven't seen it before. It's like the format, the graphic design that was used was like any type of festival Instagram, you know, when the, the lineup is dropped, you get to see, you know, who's performing at these festivals from Coachella to Rolling Loud to Outside Lands to everything. It's all that same format. <laughs> Whoever at the White House who's in charge of social media decided to create an Instagram post that mirrors that type of graphic image that all the big festivals use to, to drop their lineups. And it's just hilarious, honestly. And all the comments are hilarious. And then I've also seen some TikToks made about this and just people's like comments and everyone's calling it Joe Chella 2023. And I'm just like obsessed. That is iconic. Honestly, that's a great branding moment. And I have to say, this is the perfect segue to telling people that they should volunteer with Headcount because Mm -hmm. Headcount offers opportunities to volunteer at festivals and concerts where you get to register people to vote and help them with voting questions. So Joe, chill it out. I know. Some of these comments, I'm screaming. Festival lineup looks hype. I heard Diplo's going to close it out. (laughs) (laughs) So good. Dying. Wait, that's actually like, imagine though if you like really did. Yeah. No, honestly, we honestly should include should have included like a few artists like who will mm-hmm. perform at whatever these events are. So yeah, everyone go again, click into this link so you know what we're talking about. But it's it's pretty pretty hilarious moment. Other comments included are a lot of comments about stopping the Willow Project, which just like shout out to everyone who just does not stop commenting about the Willow Project on all of POTUS Instagram posts. Don't don't stop that energy. Just saying. Um, and then some other just re-election updates for Joey B. So President Joe Biden has all but announced he's running for re-election, but key questions about the 2024 campaign are unresolved. Who will manage it? Where will it be based? When will he finally make it official? Advisors have long said he planned to wait until after March when the year's first fundraising period wraps. That was an effort to help manage expectations because many donors who gave generously to Democratic causes during last fall's elections were looking for a break, but an announcement isn't imminent. Even now, aides insist and probably won't come until at least after Biden returns from an expected trip to Ireland in mid-April. Working on his own timeline could counter Biden's low approval ratings and questions about his age. The 80-year-old would turn 86 before the end of his second term. Every time we literally say that sentence, it's always a shock. Uh, It also means Biden won't be hurried by pressure from former President Donald Trump, who's already announced his 2024 campaign or other top Republicans who may enter the race, including Ron DeSantis or former Vice President Mike Pence. He's earned the luxury of making the timetable, said Brad Bannon, a Democratic strategist in Washington. The longer he can keep this thing focused on his duties in the White House and less about the campaign back and forth, the better off he's going to be. That said, Biden aides are mindful that Trump has been indicted for his role in the payment of hush money to a foreign actor. And they say Biden will look to time his announcement to a point when he won't share the political spotlight with the man he beat in 2020. 
Biden's inner political circle is ready to begin executing on the campaign strategy from day one and sees no drawbacks to the president taking his time. Biden faces no significant Democratic challenger for the nomination. The self-help guru, Marianne Williamson, is the sole contender at this point in the primary race. I have something to say about Marianne Williamson. She, all these videos about her, and I don't think it's coming from like an account by, by her, my TikTok algorithm like has her all these videos about her all over it. Like I oh. feel like there is some type of effort from her camp to kind of create all these like accounts or like push out clips of her speaking on certain issues like all over TikTok. I don't know. I have this theory. Okay, that- that's interesting that you say that because and shoot, I can't remember what video it was, but it had something to do with her specifically. I think it was a clip of her. And yeah. all of the comments were like Gen Z and and or just younger people commenting like, oh my God, what I really like what she's about. Like interesting, like really curious about Marianne Williamson. And I was like, huh, that is definitely interesting. And I think it's something to also take note of slash keep a pulse on because again, like who is the largest voter block of 2024? It's Gen Z and millennials. So yeah. who knows? Who if she knows? reaches like young people and gets that going like she honestly could have a shot but yeah I found it so interesting that's like all my personal TikTok which like I don't have really any political videos yeah, that is on my, for your page on my personal but I've just noticed and it's like constant but I don't think the accounts are hers but I feel like there's some type of like behind the scenes effort that she's maybe like paying influencers or paying creators to just kind of like push out clips of her and put them all over the place so that people like a young people get to know her and her name and what she's about and just put her on people's radar because yeah a lot of things she stands for are I think what a lot of people want probably won't they won't realize it but like she's for just like breaking that corporate stranglehold like talking about how everything's connected like the healthcare system our shitty healthcare system is so connected to our food system like she just is very I don't know, logical in that sense. And I think talks to things that everyone really cares about in just like an innovative, different way that I think a lot of people find refreshing and will find refreshing. So if that is a intentional effort on her team's part to kind of like slip all these videos everywhere, like it's kind of genius, but I really have noticed that. And I'm like, that is interesting. I need answers. I need answers. Yeah. But anyways, I was going to say, most of our videos right now are March Madness, women's teams, and aka the championship, and also tornado videos. So, which is just, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Quite the contrast. Quite the contrast. Mm -hmm. Indeed. But I will keep an eye out for more of this Marianne Williamson TikTok Mishigas, because I am really curious. Because like I said, like I did see that one comment section. I wish I could remember what video this was. But yeah. Yeah, I am curious. That said, and granted, I feel like, you know, we have a range of audience of millennials and Gen Z in our audience, but the we did do a poll, or no, it was a question box when she first announced, and the response was not positive towards her. So it's interesting, like, and also, hey, that's like a lot of Gen Zs. Well, no. I don't think people know her, though. Yeah, I think that like, was like a lot. She had a very, very small part in the 2020 primary. No, I don't she know. Was... She was like really distinct to me because she like was a political outsider. 
Like, I feel like I really, like, knew who she was more than, like, I'm trying to think of, like, someone that was just, like, a classic establishment person that was, like, in there. Yeah, but, like, again, if people don't pay attention to primaries usually anyways, especially young people, there's a whole chunk of voters who didn't even vote then. And, yeah, the, like, a really, but she was just, like, low on the list as far as, like, popularity and, you know, her chances of winning, so... I think that just that name recognition wasn't there for her. And I think she, if she keeps pushing shit out, like she could get some people's attention. Cause again, I think she speaking a lot of people's language, you know what I'm saying? Totally. Okay. Well, anyways, much of the reelection effort for Biden will be from, will be run from the white house where Biden's most senior advisors are expected to remain. Still, the campaign manager and top staff will be responsible for raising vast sums of money, reaching millions of voters and making the case for Biden at Americans doors and online while he is occupied with governing. One type, one top Biden advisor who spoke on the condition of anonymity. I always I can never. Don't even look at me to try. Anonymity. (laughs) See anonymity? I don't know to discuss a re-election campaign that hasn't yet been announced, noted that Biden's 2020 bid was a $1.7 billion operation and that the effort this time would be larger, which is kind of crazy to me, given that he's running for re-election. The advisor said a key will be finding validators or non-Washington voices who can spread the campaign's message at a time when many people have lost faith in everything political. I find that really interesting. Like, what does that mean? Validators or non-Washington voices? Like, influencer campaign? (laughs) I, yeah, like, I feel like that's what he's pushing at or, like, saying, he's essentially trying to say young people. Well, it's also interesting they're pointing this out that people, you know, want that when Marianne Williamson is that for people, you know, so interesting stuff, just food. Well, I think sometimes it's interesting when like you see like a campaign might know its weakness, but like, will it do anything about it? Mm, True. Right. Because just because they know doesn't mean they're going to do it. Yeah. More challenging has been filling the job of campaign manager. Some potential candidates view it as a thankless task. With so much of the decision-making confined to the White House, though, the advisor said whomever is ultimately chosen will be empowered with wide latitude to run 2024. Even with the unanswered questions about his campaign structure, the outlines of Biden's pitch to voters are forming. From the State of the Union address in February to speeches to donors, the president has begun making the case that Americans should let him, quote, finish the job he started. He also tried framing the race as a choice between himself and MAGA Republicans, who he argues will undermine the nation's core values. He's not going to win re-election or lose re-election based on what happens in his campaign, Bannon predicted. He's going to win it based on his performance as president and the performance of his opponent, whoever it is. I couldn't disagree more. Like your performance as president Um, is obviously so important, but your ability to communicate it and campaign on it is what's going to win you the election. Like you can't just rely on that performance alone. You have to campaign on it heavily and reach reach people in a strategic way. No, I totally disagree with that because he like so many of the things that the Dems need to do at the federal and the state and the local level is be proactive. We have seen the Republicans for years and years and years go after state legislatures, for example, and really get in and be proactive about policy. That's put us in a gazillion messes that we're now dealing with now. So 
for him to be successful, he needs to talk about how we solve problems that are happening now, how we get ahead of problems, which is so crucial in thinking about, okay, well, how do we protect what's left of abortion rights? How do we protect trans kids? And how do we protect the climate? I mean, he's really fucked that up with the Willow Project. I think he should stay away from anything environmental at this point. He's just walking himself into a web. Regardless, I, I'm with you. I totally disagree. He has to think proactively and he has to also connect the dots. If he wants to talk about his current, what he's been successful with, he needs to connect the dots between what he's been successful with and how that's going to connect to that proactive bit. He needs to connect the dots. Yeah. And like, just think about, I mean, even the fucking TikTok that we made that went viral, but like talking about all his successes, like people literally didn't know all these things that he's done. It's like, you can't just expect to govern and then people just know about it and know like how it's going to affect them and like have no type. I mean, obviously I I don't think this man is suggesting he just has no type of communications right. or campaign strategy. Obviously I'm sh- that's not what he's alluding to. What he is alluding to is that the priority should be governing and then that the campaign can kind of come second, which I mean, I just think honestly, they should be the same. Like they should be at the same priority level. I, yeah, at, at a certain point. right now it's still so early that like, yeah, focus on governing, get some more things under your belt when it's time. Like you need to have a really like well-oiled machine and a campaign that can fight a potential dangerous Republican candidate. True. And look, also to the point of like the proactivity, like I also want to know as a voter personally, like what he is proposing proactively, like because Mm -hmm. that is that is a worry. That is a concern. We're seeing what's happened with people that have done that. Now, what are we doing to counter it? Yeah. But yeah, I guess it'll be interesting to see what happens. Anyways, popping on down to Florida. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. If you work in the political space, listen up. Here at Girl on the Gov, we have built our whole business around effectively marketing political messaging through digital media. And we want to help you do the same. We have a full digital media consulting menu these days tailored specifically to the political space. Number one, hashtag viral. It is our paid social media newsletter that comes straight to your inbox every Tuesday. If you've ever thought uh, this meeting could have been an email, this newsletter is for you. We give basics to best practices, platform updates, and the content ideas you need to go hashtag viral. And for offering number two, if you want some one-on-one face-to-face attention, we offer that too. We provide social media audits and consulting to help you achieve the conversions and engagement you've been hoping for from your social media content. And number three, in our newest edition, Podcast Consulting, we are the minds behind this gorgeous political podcast for young voters that we've been running for two and a half years now. So we know a thing or two about how not only to get a podcast off the ground, but how to grow an audience. We provide podcast consulting for anyone trying to get their podcast started or provide podcast audits for those who have started their pod but want to see it take off. Podcasting is a great new in-house digital media marketing tool and a great way for any candidate elected or org to amplify their work and their voice. So head to girlinthegov.com slash consulting to learn more about our services and to sign up for hashtag viral to start slaying the beast that is digital media. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feed is flooded with customized this and personalized that. 
all promising to fix my split ends and my dry skin and all of the things. But when Pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. And your formula literally couldn't exist without you. Each and every bottle of Pro's custom hair care and skincare is made to order and personalized with a unique blend of naturally powerful and proven effective ingredients to meet your needs. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals, and they get personal. Pros covers everything from diet, exercise, and stress levels to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They even asked me about, you know, where I live, the water hardiness that I have coming from my shower, UV index, all of the things. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing premixed, nothing off the shelf. And I know from experience, one-of-a-kind formulas equal one-in-a-million results. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed that my hair is definitely fuller. I have thinner hair that just like will not hold a curl or stay voluminous. And ever since using pros, that has changed. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party, double-blind, dermatologist-supervised, controlled clinical study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros proved that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering an exclusive trial offer. So you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash girlandgov. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash G-I-R-L-A-N-D-G-O-V for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash girlandgov. I, like just, I, I I really don't even know what to say sometimes. Truly. Well, let's start with the abortion ban. The Florida Senate on Monday approved a bill to ban abortions after six weeks, a measure supported by Governor Ron DeSantis as the Republican prepares to launch his expected presidential candidacy. The proposal must still be approved by the House before it reaches the governor's desk. Florida currently prohibits abortions after 15 weeks. A six-week ban would more closely align Florida with the abortion restrictions of other Republican-controlled states and give DeSantis a political win on an issue important to the GOP primary voters ahead of his potential White House run. Like, as if the rest of his hateful bills don't already do that. Like, we have to add another another here. Like, I just... Okay. The bill would have larger implications for abortion access throughout the South, as the nearby states of Alabama, Louisiana, and Mississippi prohibit the procedure at all stages of pregnancy. And Georgia bans it after cardiac activity can be detected, which is around six weeks. Bodily autonomy should not give a person the permission to kill an innocent human being. We live in a time where the consequences of our actions are an afterthought and the convenience has been substitution for responsibility. This is unacceptable when it comes to protection of the most vulnerable, said Senator Aaron Grail, Republican, who sponsored the bill. It's not a human. It's an embryo. I I just... Anyways... The proposal allows exceptions to save the life of the woman and exceptions in the case of pregnancy caused by rape or incest until 15 weeks of pregnancy. In those cases, a woman would have to provide documentation such as medical record, restraining order, or police report. DeSantis has called the rape and incest provisions sensible. Like, I'm sorry. 
you have to report the rape to the police. Like, I just. Yeah. The problems that come with that system. Right. Are a whole nother story. Yeah. So. So. It would require the drug. Oh, my God. It would require that the drugs used in medication-induced abortions, which make up the majority of those provided nationally, could be dispensed only in person by a physician. The new bill would only take effect if the state's current 15-week ban is upheld in an ongoing legal challenge that is before the state Supreme Court. Republicans control a supermajority in the legislature and have largely focused on DeSantis' priorities during the ongoing legislative session. DeSantis is expected to announce his presidential candidacy after the session ends in May, with his potential White House run in part buoyed by the conservative policies approved in the state house, state house this year. Look, I will say this too, though. Like, even if he weren't like, oh, I'm going to run for president, he'd be pulling this BS anyways. This is just who he is as a person. 100%. So it's just so interesting that so much of the... Totally. And it's not just... And now, unfortunately, it's also his vision for the U.S. And I just Mm -hmm. want to remind everyone that when you see a candidate in the state or local level that is putting forth... Oh, my God. Putting forth specific policies... This is what they want to do everywhere. It's not about just their little neck of the woods. This is mm-hmm. their vision. So don't think, oh my God, well, if they run a national campaign, they know they have to appeal to everyone. So they're going to like slow their role. No, they're not. No, they're That's not. No. Yeah. Another concerning element up in the air is gun legislation in Florida. So Floridians will be able to carry concealed guns without a permit under a bill that DeSantis signed on Monday. The governor signed the bill at a private ceremony in his office. His only immediate comment was, constitutional carry is in the books, which he said in a three-paragraph news release. The new law will allow anyone who can legally own a gun in Florida to carry one without a permit. means training and background checks will not be required to carry concealed guns in public. And it takes effect July 1st. Genius. Great. So smart. Good. Yeah, people without training. (laughs) Just able to carry guns without a permit. We should also let, like, seven-year-olds drive cars. I love that idea. They should drive some of my drugs. They should be. Wait, can we talk about, though, how, like, literally, like, you have to be over 21 to become a truck driver? Mm, You can't be 18 because of safety, and especially since it's more, like, the way that, like, insurance companies, car insurance companies will charge male drivers more than women because typically they are more reckless. That is, like, also truck driving typically is a more, like, male-dominated profession, which also calculates into the yeah, like limit like on age. license, like a commercial yep. license too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so, you should just yeah. let the kids drive. Mm. Honestly. Jane, yes. Not at this point. Mm. Yeah. Wild. I mean, it's all about protecting the, protecting the kids. We're protecting the kids. Literally. And like for the kids. For for the children. Like, yeah. let us, let them drive. Let them drink. Let them have fun. At the same let time. Them, let them shoot drugs. Shoot drugs. Shoot guns. Shoot drugs, too. Let them do drugs at this point. Honestly. It's, I... it's free. It's really just freedom at the end of the day. You know? Freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is... It's genius also... policy. Genius. So wild, too. It's just always the timing of everything. It's like you have this another mass shooting at a school last week. You have this bill getting signed into law. You have North Carolina trying to pull some BS with guns. You have Iowa trying to pull some BS with guns. I mean, it's like, what on earth? Like, literally what's happening? Like, I just, 
Oh, that's so I I can't even so talk frustrated. about it for too long because I literally get like, like angry, like and physically like bothered. Yeah, agreed. It's but just it's just like we let like even if you play the the game of people have only started just tuning into state legislative races, like this, like the level of insane that some of these people have to be to be standing the line on this issue nuts like, and this is the thing it impacts everyone like literally everyone like there could be an issue maybe i mean everything impacts everyone honestly if like in my opinion but like if we'll like it doesn't matter where you are in this country like you could get gunned down by an ar-15 like it's not yeah. selecting you know rural versus urban it's not selecting this school versus this community center this staples versus office depot like no it literally like it impacts these people too like Mm -hmm. that's what's so crazy like they could easily be a victim of this their friends their family their kids and they're like oh like you know what like let's just keep on sending out christmas cards with ar-15s on them it's just i i can't and it's like I don't. We don't even need to get into the hypocrisy because obviously everyone knows it's right there in front of us. Just also right. give a shout out, celebrity activist of the week, Kelsey Ballerini, country mm. artist. Yesterday, she hosted and performed at the Country Music Awards. One of them. There's so many Country Music Awards, like, and they all have different acronyms, and I don't know which one's which. But one of them happened Sunday. And she hosted it and she started off the show by talking about the shooting, talking about common sense gun reform and how bad we need it. And then her performance also included some drag queens and just, it was honestly just for her to do that in her industry, which is typically like, if you think about the country music industry and where those people typically fall politically and where they live, like it's pretty brave of her to kind of stand up in that space and make political stances which is often not welcome in that space i think in many pop culture spaces it it is and it's become something that celebrities do is they like will talk about politics but the country music space in general people don't touch it people don't want to go there even if they do believe in it because the people who listen to their music and buy tickets to their concerts like typically wouldn't be happy if their favorite country music star stood up and said something like that okay all you need to know is the dixie chicks like that is the prime example exactly yeah yeah, her and marin morris are like really changing the game yeah so really cool moment to see her do both of those things like take two stands on two controversial Mm -hmm. issues in that space so shout out to kelsey ballerini but yeah, what else What else is happening with this bill? Well, the arguments over legislation were divided along political lines, with Republicans saying law-abiding citizens have a right to carry guns and protect themselves. They say most people will still want to get a permit because it will allow them to carry concealed weapons in states with reciprocal agreements and to be able to purchase guns without a waiting period. Because that's smart. I, lo- I love when people purchase guns without a waiting period. It's just like... Right. Yeah. However, Democrats and gun safety advocates pointing to mass shootings in Florida, like the massacre at the Pulse nightclub in 2016 and the deadly 2018 shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, say the new law will only make the state more dangerous. I am pissed. Fred Guttenberg, whose 14-year-old daughter Jamie was killed at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, told reporters during an online news conference. 
I will chase him down across the state as well as possibly across the country because Ron DeSantis today put his signature to a bill that guarantees there will be more Jamie's. And he said signing the bill behind closed doors makes DeSantis a coward. Also, side note, I'm pretty sure he was on Cap's podcast. I'm pretty sure that's the episode I was just listening to. So, nonetheless, yeah. Everyone go listen, tune in. Somebody in Florida may die because of this legislation. That will be because of you, Ron DeSantis, Guttenberg said. I understand why you hit today. You are a weak, pathetic, small-minded individual. Straight facts. Yeah. Nearly 3 million Floridians have a concealed weapons permit. While a background check and three-day waiting period will still be required to purchase a gun from a licensed dealer, they are not required for private transactions or exchanges of weapons. DeSantis said he thinks Florida should go even further and allow people to openly carry guns. While some lawmakers have pushed for open carry, it doesn't appear the legislature will pass this legislation this session. The bill comes five years after then-Governor Rick Scott, a Republican, signed a bill creating gun restrictions after 17 students and faculty were killed in Parkland. Under DeSantis, momentum has swung back toward expanding gun rights rather than placing limits on them, which has earned him praise from gun rights advocates. Government will not get in the way of law-abiding Americans who want to defend themselves and their families. Republican Senator Jay Collins, who sponsored the bill, said in a news release, it also comes one week after six people were killed in a Nashville school shooting. If you're a law-abiding American gun owner, then you would abide by the laws that would require you to get a background check, require right. a waiting period, require some red flag laws. Like, Then you should be for those things if you are a law-abiding citizen. But there are a lot of non-law-abiding citizens. There are a lot of people who should not have guns. So if you are those people who do deserve guns, like, then you should just be for this. The other thing I'm so curious about is, like, what kind of the, I guess, profit margins are for the gun industry when there are back when there's a background check in place like how many more sales do they make if they don't have to Hmm. have a background check or if there's no waiting period or if there's no red flag laws like how does that cut their sales like I'm really curious about those numbers and I think there's just like a lot to be done on actually like talking about the gun industry a little bit more this industry is what's making these gun rights be expanded. And so I'm just curious if there's some type of backdoor solution we can look at to come after the gun industry a little bit more and put some regulations on that. Like if Biden can do that, like on a federal level to be like, if you are a gun in the gun industry, you have these regulations. You know what I mean? Because like we, we put these, we create these laws that fall onto the gun buyer or the gun owner. But how can we maybe regulate some mm. of the gun companies? You know what I mean? Like maybe there's some solutions. Like, that are you talking about like thought about there? Kind of like how, like with certain companies, when they're producing something, they're only allowed to have X, Y, Z amount of emissions, like that type of thing. Yeah, I think there's been attempts at doing that, but like to yeah. you know, I think we just say more of that. You know, I, I don't disagree with the and I think you know, one on one episode slash idea people should go back to as well is insurance related to the gun industry too. Mm -hmm. And we talked with former mayor of San Jose, Sam Licardo on this last spring. And I don't know actually where that stands. I think that was taken to court, but it was a really interesting idea of 
integrating insurance into gun ownership and like putting some accountability on that, Mm -hmm. which I think is really smart. Like we insure cars, we insure everything, honestly. Like why wouldn't we be doing that? I, I, yeah. Which again, that like, again, we need that. And that also falls on gun owners. Well, so we have this, like, I think what's so frustrating about this issue is like, God bless the constitutional, but this fucking second amendment becomes this default. Like, well, you know, the there's thing. not it's like everything can just be sued because it's in. And, right. It's not like, you know what I mean? Like if there were, I'm trying to think of like a good example for this. Like if right, like the right to pollute or something like that was specifically like in the constitution. Yeah. Like, no, it's, it's literally almost, like that. Right. And so it's one of these things that's like. There's ugh. no solutions that can be made because the right to pollute is in the bill of rights and we can't make any climate solutions around that because of it. It's literally. So that's guns. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's, yeah. I don't know. Just fit for thought again. How can we regulate some of these companies in this industry a little bit? Because they're just always, they're like the problem. They're why these gun expansion laws are even being enacted and why gun reform can't be enacted Yet they're just like chilling over there. No one's talking to them. No one's looking at them. They're just like doing their thing, bringing in their well, profits. Like, And also I read an interesting article this weekend and it was talking about, I forget the name of the gun company, that they had moved from Connecticut to North Carolina, like a rural area in North Carolina, which interestingly, apparently the start of the gun industry was actually in Connecticut. But then after Sandy Hook, obviously the just appetite for that there, even though there was no legislation against being able to manufacture there, really just sort of changed changed the game. Yeah. So they decided to move to North Carolina, a really rural area, very pro-gun area in the state. And they were interviewing this one woman that like worked at the factory and how basically like they actually pay really good wages and they've been able to like go on, like her family's been able to go on vacation. She like owns two guns, doesn't really care that much, doesn't really think that like, you know, regulating anything's going to like stop some of these like mass shootings. And they were really great to her when she was like, pregnant with her kid and time off and like providing guns to the police department and just like have where I'm going. This is they've the communities that they have gone in. These manufacturers seems to be that they are doing a good PR job of integrating themselves with those communities. And, you know, it's like especially in spots where industry has previously left and then the gun mm-hmm. industry is coming in and solving that problem. Yeah. Like it's an interesting way of creating an allegiance, at least with like one particular group. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. job creation along with it to a community. Yeah. Well, such a frustrating topic that, and the abortion of it all, Florida, we're with you. So I'm sorry for dealing with this madness. Moving to Wisconsin, like we mentioned in the beginning, it's election day. So What's the deal? Voters in Wisconsin will pick a Supreme Court justice on Tuesday, choosing between a Democratic-backed Milwaukee County Circuit Judge, Janet, don't know how to say her last name. Rhoda Saywitz. Nice. There Thank you. Thank I'm going to try to repeat it. <laughs> and Republican-backed former Wisconsin Supreme Court Justice Dan Kelly. That's an easy one. In a race that will determine control of the court in a key political battleground. Though the race is officially nonpartisan, the court currently has a four to three conservative majority with the conservative justice retiring. The outcome of the election will decide 
control of the court with a wide range with wide ranging implications for issues, including abortion, election rules, and the drawing of districts for elected office in the state. The court came within one vote of overturning President Joe Biden's win in the state in 2020. Protosawitz? I did it! Oh my god, God, this is a big win for us. Two for two. This is huge. And Kelly were top two candidates in the February primary, receiving 46% and 24% of the vote, respectively. Another conservative candidate, Jennifer Darrow, came in third at 22%, while another liberal, Dane County Circuit Judge Everett Mitchell, came in fourth at 7%. The AP will declare winner in the race for Supreme Court Justice and in five additional races, including three ballot measures and a special election for a state Senate and a court of appeals seat. In the February primary election, the AP first reported results in Wisconsin at 9.06 p.m. Eastern time. The final election night vote update came just after midnight, at which point more than 99% of votes had been counted. So a little snapshot of how this night might play out. The AP does not make what? Steve Kornacki. This is going to be a Steve Kornacki Tuesday. Yeah, except for like, I'm going to be having to go between this and Real Housewives Futures. It's going to be a flip-flop back and forth, back and forth, Mm. back and forth. Also, we did forget to mention, just like a really quick shout out, that Denver has elections tomorrow and so does Chicago. Okay, continue. Thanks so much. In the February primary, Protosawitz ran up big margins in Milwaukee and Dane counties. She also did better than Kelly in his home county, which is a suburb of Milwaukee. Kelly split votes with Doro in many of Republican-leaning counties. In Tuesday's election, the AP will analyze whether Kelly is able to pick up Doro's votes and expand turnout in the Republican-leaning counties, or whether Protosawitz can run up an insurmountable lead in the more urban counties. In the past, heavily Democratic Milwaukee City has released the results of mail-in ballots late in the night. If Protosawitz is leading before those results are released, it could be an early race call. If Kelly is winning, the AP will analyze whether his lead is large enough to hold up against the Democratic-leaning votes. So for turnout, what they're kind of expecting as of March 1, there are 3.6 million registered voters in Wisconsin. As of Monday, 409,755 voters had cast advanced ballots. In the February election, 24% of Wisconsin voters cast their ballots before election day. Mail-in ballots must arrive by election day to be counted. And usually counting, how long does it take? Wisconsin counts nearly all of its votes on election night with most outstanding votes added to the count the next day. So there's a little run through of what to expect from this big election, arguably the biggest of the year. So, you know, sitting here, toes crossed, fingers crossed for some good news. Is like, you gotta have reinforcements. Like, as you say that, I'm crossing my toes. Like, it's like one of those, like, you know, like... I'm a big toe wiggler, too, so... Mm-hmm. It's a thing. Like, I... Which is why I've never understood how people could get into toe socks. Because, like, oh. so uncomfortable. Like, prevents the wiggle. I mean, I maybe others say it in... Well, you're just wiggling wiggle. sock, sock on sock wiggle, but... <laughs> Versus, like, skin on skin. I think skin on... <laughs> <laughs> Should we start a feet finder account? So it's called. <laughs> this is where this so conversation <laughs> is going at this point. Feet picks, maybe. Maybe. Guys, would you buy them? Would you buy them? 
Maybe some we little it. toe wiggling videos. <laughs> See how much they can sell for. <laughs> Who knows? And like, we'll donate you know, all the profits to an election of our choice or a candidate of our choice. Who knows? Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. It's all for democracy at the end of the day. Don't worry. Wait, can you imagine like the slogan, like toe wigglers for? And then it's like, imagine creating like a viewfinder account that, like, then you just like all profits go to democracy backed candidates and causes. <laughs> there are weirder things, you know? Honestly, yeah. don't tempt us, guys. Don't tempt us. That's all I can say. But nonetheless, you know who, I, well, who I'm going to talk about next? I wonder if he has a feet, a foot fetish, a feet fetish, foot I fetish. I could see this for him. I totally He's could got, too. He's definitely got, honestly, he probably has weirder fetishes than foot fetishes. Yeah. Not I to fetish shame, but I see some, I see some weird things in this guy's sexual playbook. Ugh. Not to put that in anybody's mind, but sorry, we're talking about Donald Trump. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, thank you for the scarring image, which I kind of started the bandwagon on that conversation. So it's a little bit my fault, but you feel a little bit my fault. But either way, ooh. former President Donald Trump flew from Florida on Monday toward New York and his historic booking arraignment on hush money charges as the nation's largest city bolstered security and warned potential protesters it was not a playground for your misplaced anger. Trump's motorcade ride from his Mar-a-Lago club to his red, white, and blue Boeing 757 emblazoned with his name in gold letters, Tacky, was carried live on cable television. It took him past supporters waving banners and sharing, cheering and decrying the case against him, stemming from payments made. Just as cringy as his Waco, Texas rally, just like the fact that people took time out of their day to go to an airfield and like wave goodbye to Trump as he goes to get arrested. Like you get a life. It's weird. It's like also, I mean, it definitely look, we've long said his whole thing is culty, but it really gives that like of yeah. also her past like leader scenarios. No, like there goes our martyr. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It's so I don't weird. think I've ever not to put myself on a pedestal here. Like, I don't think I've ever, like, believed in, like, one singular person. Like, this person is the the end-all, be-all. Like, no. I, it's such a weird mentality. Well, I think there are some devout religious people in that base as well. So we kind of have yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> personality traits that would apply here. Mm, or at least have, like, grown up be thinking, like, being taught, like, that's the... Yeah, like looking to like external forces to bring any type of solace or answers to their life, you know? Mm. Interesting. No, you're right. Well, Trump is facing multiple charges of falsifying business records, including at least one felony offense in the indictment handed down by a Manhattan grand jury last week. The investigation is scrutinizing six-figure payments made to porn actor Stormy Daniels and former Playboy model Karen McDougall. It's an unprecedented chapter in American history with Trump, the first former president to face criminal charges, but he's betting it could actually boost his chances at winning the presidency again next year. In the meantime, the case is causing major legal, political, and cultural events to collide in unprecedented ways. It is just always unprecedented at this time. Like, I just, unprecedented is the precedented. That is how I feel. Trump is unprecedented and has been at every turn. Truly. Every turn. Every turn. 
Trump's team is embracing the media circus after initially being caught off guard by news of the indictment last Thursday evening. He and his aides are hoping to use the case to his advantage. That idea clashed with the former president's own attorneys, however, who asked the judge in a Monday filing to ban photo and video coverage of his arraignment. No thanks, because we need to make t-shirts. So, just saying. Yeah. This arraignment is planned for Tuesday afternoon. So, you know, get yourself a drink. This is like a five o'clock, you know, a five o'clock anywhere scenario for those that are of legal drinking age that are listeners. You know, this is grab, grab yourself an afternoon cocktail. Happy hours early, you know. For non-drinking listeners, this is like, you know, get yourself like a, a fun mocktail. Mm-hmm. So, really also, side note, I just tried, I'm still drinking it, this liquid death scenario, mm. and it's their mango, I can't believe, this is so funny, this is sparkling mango water? chainsaw, and it's like a mango flavor, and it's so good. I like what, sparkling water? Mm-hmm. That's delicious. I haven't had yeah. their sparkling water or their flavored sparkling water, I've just had their regular water, but I do know it's like spring mineral water, which is the best kind of water for you, so... There you go. Um, also, this story, there's this meme that I saw, and it was like basically Fox News is like, this is only going to help him. Like, he's going to have a sick mugshot. He's going to look like a badass. Like, he's going to look like an OG or whatever. And the meme was like, literally me like trying to spin my ex to my friends. Like, why I'm talking to him again. <laughs> like, <laughs> a thousand percent. No, that is like, so fuck boy, The fuck boy I'm talking to trying to like campaign for him to my friends. Low-key though, that actually is like the hardest campaign to win. Yeah. I will say like, especially if you're just a devout follower of Trump, like you are going to look at this and his mugshot is like, this is fucking sick. Like, this is so stupid. Like, and, and like a lot of that side, honestly, will be making shirts with the mugshot and wearing it all over the place and thinking it's like the sickest, like new branding for his campaign. Yeah. And I was reading, like, I think I can't remember if this was a Hill or a Punchbowl this morning, but they had asked Joe Manchin about it, who's just so grouchy and so bitter. And she like wouldn't not say that this wasn't like you know a political witch hunt of source he was like keep you know like one of those classic like overarching comments of well yes everyone should be held accountable but like wasn't exactly giving his signature on like this being the move to make and i'm like hey i i think there's a varying degree of of opinions on that but it just reads to me if like that's what he's saying is like the classic like establishment democrat bordering independent republican vibe i just thinking about like what's going on in those different meeting rooms there's no bloody lie that they get on board yeah. with like doing something like that i wish i were wrong well it's like kind of what we said when this all started to drop it's like the right side and saying this is like politically motivated like isn't wrong like let's be real i'm sure there is political motivation behind it but then totally. the, the day if there's evidence that he committed a crime then he committed a crime and there should be accountability but wherever this like all stemmed from you know is just kind of hearsay if if there's a crime you know exactly exactly if there's crime, you should be held accountable. And everyone on both sides, if they're, you know, doing shady shit should be accountable. And this should ha- hopefully set a precedent too, that we're going to actually hold our politicians accountable when they do shit. Will that happen? I don't know. But, you know, at least that should be a talking point, honestly, from the Democratic side of like, 
no, this is like the start of us holding elected officials accountable well, for here's the, shady shit. Here's the problem with that, though, is like the Democrats also do shady shit. Well, no, so, that's what I'm saying. You know what I like mean? They, like, that's, that's what right? their messaging should be is like, right. no, we're going to like, this is a new, you know, thing moving forward that both sides, if you're doing shady shit, then you're going to be held accountable. And like, we're not going to let, you know, no one's above the law. But I don't know. That's just, it's, it's so funny, all of it. But can't wait for the mugshot cannot wait and those are our top stories of the week speaking of the wisconsin supreme court race speaking of the hinge dating app organizing that we talked about in the beginning we're talking all about it tomorrow a little bit more with christy johnson from next gen america aka our first ever guest on this podcast she's a good friend it's a fun episode i think everyone will will highly enjoy we talk about mm-hmm this organizing and and more. And we talk deeply about the youth vote in 2020 and 2022 and looking into 2024, breaking down numbers and talking about 2024's largest voting block, millennials and Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Facts, 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 facts. So make sure you are subscribed, you've read, reviewed, you signed up for the newsletter, you followed us on TikTok, you followed us on Instagram, all the things. All All of the things. Oh my gosh, I know what we forgot to mention. What? That we're now on board as senior advisors for Dream for America. You guys, Dream for America, go follow them immediately and learn all about this new amazing organization that is youth-led and youth-focused as far as getting young people more engaged in not only getting out to vote, but paying attention in off years, looking at state and local government and how we can get involved and make change on every level in every year. So we are senior advisors, like Sam said. So they're now part of the Girl on the Go family and we're now part of the Dream for America family. It's all one happy family. You guys should join too. Go follow. Go get involved too. They have like a growing team of volunteers and there's a lot of amazing opportunities for you to get your foot in the door in in politics and get involved. So go check them out. True. And while we're speaking about that, make sure to join our Gov Club. We have some great book club Gov Club events coming up this week. So you don't want to miss them. And we'll have more where that comes from up ahead. So all the links. Stickers. Finally. Well, our order for new ones is still pending lol but i have a few that are going out today and then then humans stay tuned stay tuned well if you are in wisconsin or you know anyone in wisconsin make sure you tell them to get out to vote if you are listening on tuesday and hopefully the polls are still open do what you can to get some people out there to the ballot boxes and we will be talking to you all tomorrow with christy johnson from next gen boom toodles. toodles